This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We've been talking about uh, emotional freedom and a great time to have a series like this is during football season. I think all the troops are happy, all the, the Texas I got, everybody was happy, so uh, everybody's in a happy mood, their team won. But what if your team lost? We need to be emotionally free. We need to have that freedom. And this message is so important for this day and time that we live in because you can lose your peace just by watching the news. You can lose your peace when you hear what's going on in the earth. But God says he wants us to keep his peace all the time. He wants us to be at peace all the time. That's not part-time peace. It's all the time. Now, if he says all the time, it must be possible to do all the time. And our theme verse, 1 Peter 5, verse 6, says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You are to humble yourself. It says that he resists the proud, but he draws close. Those that humble themselves receive grace. How do you humble yourself? Casting all the care. Anybody in here got some cares they can cast on the Lord? If you're living and breathing, you have some cares. There's things that you have to cast upon Him. But when you do that, you're being humble. And He says grace is going to come to you. But when you try and take care of it yourself, when you try and handle it yourself, that's when worry, that's when heaviness, and depression, oppression, frustration, panic attacks, Whatever can come your way. Anxiety. But we're to cast those things upon the Lord. And not carry them. He will care. He cares for us. He takes those cares for us. So we want to humble ourselves. It says exalt you in due time. Exalt there means to lift up or to elevate. He wants to lift you up and elevate you. The world's way is to lift themselves up and elevate themselves. God's way is you serve your way and let God lift you up and elevate you in due time. When's due time? When he says it's due time. He knows best. Father knows best. You don't want to be elevated, lifted up when it's not due time. It can be a train wreck. It can be a mess. It's been many people have been lifted up and elevated, I can think of a celebrity that was, he, he got saved the next week they had him up before the congregation, he's not serving God now. Why? It was too quick. It wasn't God's due time. It was man trying to hurry things and do things, but God has his way. And he has his plan. But he desires for each of us to live a life of peace. He wants us to control our emotions. Everyone has emotions. Male, female, boy, girl, cat, dog. Everyone has emotions. But we are to control our 
emotions. I've, I've gotten in on my iPhone, they got these little emotion tags, you know. You can send a happy face now. You can send a sad face. You know, when you send a text, there's no emotion. You know, you can send what? And it, it could be what? Or it could be what? It could be what's happening? You know, it, it could, there's no emotion, so you don't know what's there. But you can put your message and put a little face there to try and meet the emotion behind it. Oh, don't tag the wrong one. You might have a problem there. <laughs> I've just got a happy face. <laughs> we are to live in peace. To live in peace, you're going to have to control your emotions. And that's what God wants for us. But Jesus made a way for us to, re- to live in peace and have peace regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of what's happening in our life, He made a way for us to live in peace. In Isaiah 53, verse 4, I want to go back, and we talked about this in Healing is Yours, the the series, but I want to go back and just make sure that you have this, this foundation about emotions at the cross. Because that's where our basis is for our faith and our believing. It says, Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely He has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteem Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. So this is speaking prophetically of Jesus at the cross And what he was going to do at the cross. And when you understand this, you can understand why the the promises are yes and amen in Christ. Why we can say yes to the promises. Why they're ours, they belong to us. Because Jesus paid the price at the cross that those promises are ours. You know, he didn't say, he didn't say it's almost finished. He didn't go, it's part of the way finished. He said, it is finished. The work of redemption, finished. He covered it all. The help you, the whole spectrum of a man was covered at the cross. If you have a need, it was covered at the cross. Whatever it is. But I, I want us to look at this. And you see there in your notes, every victory of God It's always based in the finished work of the cross. That's where you always have to have that basis that happened at the cross. So the word griefs here, in verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs. Now we know griefs, I hope you know from Healing is Your series, that that means sickness and disease. And it, it does, it means sickness and disease. Jesus bore or took and carried away our sickness and disease. But when you look up the Hebrew word, it means more than that. It also, uh, in addition to that, it means calamity and anxiety. Calamity and anxiety. In other words, it goes beyond 
physical sickness and disease and goes into the emotions. It's also emotional. It's also about being worried or those hurt feelings or being uh, frustrated, confused, or guilt, shame, depressed. All those things are included at the cross. He bore that for us. And then you look at the word sorrows, and you know the word sorrows means pain. Now, by the way, when you look up in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean or say physical pain. It doesn't say emotional pain. It just says pain. So really, you could say right there, it'd be physical and emotional. But when you look up this word, it actually means sorrow, means pain, it means anguish. And when you look up the word anguish, it means mental distress or emotional distress. Jesus took care or he took our emotions, the negative emotions he took to the cross. He took at the cross for us. That's good news. When you find that out, it changes everything. He took our sin. Now, we don't yield to sin because he took our sin. That's the way it's supposed to be. Do we yield to negative emotions? No, he took our negative emotions, so we're not to yield to that. Do we yield to sickness and disease? No, he took it for us, so we stand against it. We release our faith. But I want you to see that at the cross, he took all those negative emotions. He took that emotion when you want to scream and pull your hair out. He took that emotion when your co-workers acting like a complete idiot. And you just want to slap them. He took that negative emotion. He took that frustration, he took that anger, he took that sadness, he took that bad temper, he took that dread, he took every negative emotion at the cross for us. So we're free from the curse. Jesus bore every negative emotion for me, he did for you, so we don't have to. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to be that person that everybody turns the other way when you come. <laughs> you don't have to be that person that's impatient and rude. You don't have to be that, push, that, that person that just is agitated all the time. Aggravated. You can be a person of peace. I can be stable and strong emotionally. What? Yes. Doesn't mean that you don't cry. Doesn't mean that your, your loved one dies and you don't cry. Of course you do. It's emotions that there's a release that Jesus cried. But you don't stay there. There's people that are still crying over a loved one. And it's been 20 years. See, they stayed in a place that God never intended for them to stay at. You're going to be hit with different emotions, different things. We're, we're human. But God doesn't want you to camp out there and build a monument. 
build, a, build some mountain. He wants you to move past that. How? By you give him the care. You give him that emotion. You draw strength from him. You renew your strength. You exchange your strength for his strength. You get an exchange for your unrest and your unpeace to receive his rest and peace. To receive his peace and joy. You have to do it on purpose. You can't just hope it'll happen. You do it on purpose. You are humbling yourself. You don't have to have those negative emotions rule your life, control your life. You can live a carefree, worry-free, stress-free, troubled, careful, free life. Does that mean things aren't going to come against you? Yes. In the world, you'll have tribulation. They said, be a good cheer. Because he's overcome the world. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. The Amplified says, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. The chastisement. Now, uh, I thought this was interesting. A couple definitions uh, for chastisement. Chastisement means the restraint of my peace and the rebuke of my peace. Or another way of saying anything that is trying to restrain my peace or anything that is rebuking my peace, Jesus took upon himself. Now here's the picture. Jesus took my worry, we use worry, Jesus took my worry and then he took upon himself the cause of the very thing that would try and get me to worry. Say that again. He took the chastisement of my peace. That chastisement is the restraint of my peace or the rebuke of my peace. He took the very cause or the reason that I'm trying to be worried. He took that upon himself. So, he not only took my stress, he took upon himself the cause of me being stressed. He not only took my depression, he took upon himself the very reason that I'm depressed. You see how powerful and how deep this thing is? That's how free we're to be emotionally. So he took and carried away our worry. But he then, he took the cause of me even being worried. He not only bore every negative emotion, he also bore the reason and the cause for them to overwhelm me and control my life. Man, that's powerful. Excuse me. 
says there's liberty when you know the truth. This truth, if you get hold of this truth, some negative emotion come on you, say, hey, not here. Jesus took this. I'm not going there. Besides, every time I take this, there's a breakdown. I don't feel good, and nobody else feels good. God, I'm giving this to you. <laughs> it's in your notes. Jesus took all of our emotional disorders where we could have emotional order. He took my emotional disorders where my emotions could be in order. Where our emotions could be controlled by peace and joy. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. He paid the price that we could be free from those negative emotions. But just like anything else in the word, you have to release faith in that. You have to know the truth and release faith in that and not go there. It didn't matter what it is. Bipolar. He took it. He took it. Dementia. He took it. Panic attacks. He took it. See, we've got to reach by faith and receive everything he did for us. There's more. And you probably are aware this, this peace, the chastisement of our peace, the word peace there is shalom. Isn't that a beautiful word? Turn to your neighbor and say shalom. This, this Hebrew word for peace means complete soundness and wholeness. And here's the complete definition. It means completeness, safety, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, favor, and contentment. Peace. Who knew there was that much just... Peace in that word. It's a powerful word. Shalom. That's the reason you hear somebody go, nothing missing and nothing broken. Everything functioning perfect, spirit, soul, and body, functioning mentally, financially, socially, my emotions, every area of my life. Shalom. Peace. Here's the good news. He said, I give you my peace. Galatians 5.22. We talked about this last week some. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Peace and joy is on the inside of you. Well, I've lost my peace. Well, just look inside. It abides. Because the kingdom of God is where? Inside of you. If you weren't here last week, get the, get the message and go back and, and listen to it. But here's what's interesting. When you look this word up, it means sense of rest and contentment. 
And then vines, a concordance, it says it's the corresponding word in the Hebrew, shalom. Wow. You have shalom peace on the inside of you. Now you can't, really you can't lose your peace. You may not use it, but you can't lose it as long as Jesus is there. But you need to use it and exercise it. It's available. It's so close. It's inside you. Against such there is no law. And this just means if man, if man made a law and said you can't have joy and peace, it would have no effect. Because they cannot stop the joy and peace on the inside of you. It can't be stopped. You know, in the Old Testament, it says that God was with them. In the New Testament, it says, I will be with them and in them. In them. So they make a law, you can't have any peace. There's no such law against this peace. Because this peace comes from a different place. This comes from the inside. And it can't be stolen if there's a law. It can't be stolen through a situation or circumstance. You can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have peace in the midst of the most difficult situations. It's a different type of peace than the world has. Shalom peace. Not that peace. <laughs> Let me read you this. John 16, 33. These things have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He spoke his word to us where we could have supernatural peace. And where is he talking about? In the midst of this world, in tribulation, you can have the peace of God. And it surpasses natural peace. The world's peace is, is there's peace if everything around them is peaceful. <laughs> it, it's governed by what's on the outside God's peace is governed by what's on the inside. And He's inside. So we have peace. And we're to live from that peace. So He said, be a good cheer. If I know Jesus defeated all my enemies at the cross, I can be a good cheer. Because I know whatever I'm facing, it's changing. Now I'm going to come at the head not to tell. <laughs> Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives. I'm trying to remember, uh, when I was growing up, there was a song, you know, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. It's true. It's true. Jesus took our emotional disorders and gave us his peace. He gave us his mental and emotional stability. I mean, know that, that Jesus is pretty stable emotion-wise. We have his stability, his mental stableness, emotions. He said this in Galatians 5.22 is fruit, God's fruit of peace and joy. Let me tell you, God's fruit's not seasonal. 
It's 24-7, 365. <laughs> it's always in season for you to be living in peace and joy. Always in season. And this, this fruit's bigger than your worry, your fear, your stress. It's, it's worry. Uh, it, it's bigger than the worries of the future. Wherever the fear, wherever the worries are, this is bigger. This peace and joy is bigger than whatever you can face out there. In Psalm 61 verse 3, For you have been the shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. A couple definitions here. Tower means an elevated stage or a raised bed. What interesting Definition of this word that we find in the Hebrew. Tower, elevated stage, or raised bed. We could say it like this. The, the Lord is a raised bed for me from my enemies. Or he's, he puts me in an elevated place from my enemies. What does bed indicate? Rest. What do you do in the bed? You lay down and rest. This tower that you run into, when you run to the Lord, He puts you on an elevated stage, a, a raised bed of rest. Why can you rest? Because He's defeated your enemies. I'm telling you, this, fit, this fight is fixed. It's fixed in our favor. Raised bed means up above something. When we trust God and we act on His Word, He lifts us up and elevates us above our enemies. Would we read in, in 1 Peter 5, 6, therefore humble yourselves under my hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What's, what's that mean? Lift you up and elevate you. When you run to God and you say, God, I cast all the cares upon you. It's like running into his tower. And he has an elevated stage with a raised bed on. He says, come my child and lay down and rest. And you lay down in a bed of peace. And then you can look down on your enemies and do the same thing that God does. The word says he looks down and he laughs. And you can start laughing at those things that come against you. He will elevate you and lift you above the worry, above the stress, above the fear, above the panic attacks, above the depression, the oppression, above the anxiety, above the bipolarism, above dementia, above what? Every mental disorder, emotional attack that's coming against you, He lifts you up above it because He took it at the cross. And you have a promise from God. You have a right to be delivered from mental disturbance and mental illness and mental pain and suffering and receive the peace of God that surpasses all peace in the world, all natural understanding. It's a supernatural peace. And you can tap into it by faith. How do you do it? You cast your cares upon Him. 
Oh, Lord, I can't handle this. But you can. So I give it to you. And then grace starts to flow towards you. And people say, what's wrong with you? You just, you've gone overboard with this Jesus thing. You're in denial. Something's wrong with you. He lifts us up above the problems, the hurts, the disappointments, the frustrations, the cares. And he lays us on that bed of peace. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord's strong tower, the righteous run to it and are safe. The Hebrew for the word safe there means too high for capture. You're out of the reach of the enemy. The enemy can't reach you. When you're in that place of peace and that place of rest, the enemy can't get to you. It frustrates him. It causes him to have headaches. It causes him to have sleeplessness and worry. Maybe we should be tormenting him wearing so much rest and peace. God puts us out of reach. Closing here, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I want to just show you Jesus and the peace that was on him. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him uh, along, along in, the boat as, in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, worried. Hmm. Compromise translation, excuse me. He was in the stern, in depression, anxiety, frustrated, hopeless. No, he was in the stern, asleep, on a pillow. That blessed me, they had a pillow. Jesus is asleep during the storm. He has so much peace on him, water's coming in the boat. He's asleep. It's like a waterbed to him. I mean, the waves are going crazy, and he's just sound asleep. Oh, what a great waterbed. You know. <laughs> so much peace. Rest it. They have to go back and get him. But he was in the stern asleep on the pillow, and they awoke him. They had to wake him up. And said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I, I kind of sounds like Martha, you remember? Going to Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? I'm slaving in this kitchen. <laughs> My sister Mary, she's not doing a thing. She's my problem, this Mary girl. I know she's my sister, but I wonder sometimes where she came from. <laughs> and Jesus said, Martha, she's not your problem. You have a problem. Does Jesus care? <laughs> it always makes me laugh. He came to earth because he loved us. He's after us. 
He ignores this. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. He rebuked the wind. He took authority over it. And you know what happened? The wind stops. Those waves are still going. Could be going for a long time. Man, that boat could be still rocking for a long time. But he just goes, peace, be still. He's talking to the sea. Peace changed the atmosphere, the conditions. The peace of God changed the natural atmosphere. And it says there was great calm. Great calm. I wonder if God's peace could change our atmosphere. Could change our situation. I wonder if the peace of God is a weapon. It's something that God placed inside of us that we just don't tap into like we need to. Maybe we should be going around saying peace to our bodies. Peace to our emotions. It is written, I have the peace of God. And that peace rules and reigns in my emotions, in my thinking, in my thoughts. And you start speaking to yourself. And just say peace. Just look in the mirror and go, shalom. Somebody rises up, you just go, shalom. Somebody's acting like a real nut, nutcase around you, shalom. <laughs> what if you spoke some peace to your big toe after you stomped it? Peace. <laughs> Peace was so powerful that it changed those, those conditions. Could we be like Jesus and rest even in the midst of the storm? And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but joy and peace is a, a feeling fruit. It's a feeling fruit. You can feel joy and peace. God wants you to feel good. Or he wouldn't give us feely fruit. Well, God doesn't care how you feel. Yes, he does. He wants you to feel good. This piece of God inside of you is more bigger, more powerful than your problems. And those worries, those things that come against you, this peace is bigger. It's a supernatural peace. God has never had one day of worry for all eternity. You can live every day worry-free. Every day trouble-free. Care-free. You can live every day in the peace of God. Who is good news. Bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is alive, is spirit and life. And God, 
I thank you even as the word has gone forth, there is freedom and deliverance. There is a, there's breakthroughs emotionally. God, that even some of the light bulbs coming on for the first time, I don't have to be this way. I don't have to get angry. I don't have to get upset and be anxious and be worried. I don't have to be this way. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that we all surrender. We all cast our cares upon you. We all humble ourselves. And Lord, we declare we can't handle it. But we know you can. And we give it all to you. We give you our marriage. We give you our children. We give you our jobs, our business. We give you, Lord, our future. We give you our present. We even give you our past. Lord, we give it all to you. And we believe that grace flows because you said it would. You said it does. I believe for grace flooding each and every person in this place. Each and every person, Lord. You don't have to be a victim anymore. No one has the ability to make you mad. You choose God's thoughts. You choose God's ways. You choose to be spiritually minded. Because it produces, you're tapping in to life and peace. Father, we praise you and we worship you. We thank you, oh God. Now I want to give you an opportunity if you've never accepted Christ. If you never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life. I want to ask you a question. If you were standing before the gates of heaven, why would God let you in? Maybe your answer would be, it's because I believe in God. Well, the truth is, the devil believes in God, but he's not going to heaven. So, well, I hope so. Hoping won't get you to heaven. Well, I was raised in a Christian family. My parents said I'm a Christian. There's nowhere in the Bible it says your parents say you're a Christian, you're going to go to heaven. Well, I can remember years ago somebody asked me to pray this prayer. I prayed it real quick and they said afterwards I'm saved. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Because I need to honor you enough and value you enough to tell you the truth. And John Jesus said you must be born again that means that you give Jesus you give the Lord all your heart and all your life and you follow him that's the way you get to heaven if that's you this morning in just a moment we're going to pray I'm going to ask you to just pray where you're at there will be prayer partners at the end of service you can come and, and tell them what happened to you maybe you prayed this before but you haven't been living for God you know that you need to come back. You can get in on this prayer also and come back to Him. If that's you, for either one of these invitations, I want you to just lift up your hand. No one looking around. Just lift up your hand and say, that's me. And we're all going to pray together. And God hears and He answers. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you died for me. I believe 
that you went to the cross and you took my sins, my sickness, my disease, every place I missed it, you took it for me. I believe God the Father raised you from the dead. I believe this in my heart and I say it with my mouth that you are my Lord. I will follow you and live for you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live for you. And I give you thanks and all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.